Hi, welcome back. I'm your host, Robin, and you are now listening to my podcast, Broken, Strength Under Control. You know that you have been called to be a light in this dark world we are living in. The word says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So, you know, today I actually have a special guest, but before I introduce her, we're going to be talking about breaking generational curses. I am a survivor. And so we just, we're very excited about um, doing this podcast together. So I'm just going to jump right on in. Today, my guest is actually my aunt Rhonda, who happens to be a breast cancer survivor. She is the first in our family, in our bloodline to be a survivor of this disease. And so Aunt Rhonda, just want to just say welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out to connect with me. Um, is, can you tell the people a little bit about you know, who you are and, you know, share a little bit about before we actually jump into our conversation. Okay. Hi. And thanks for having me today, Robin. It's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to just be able to speak out about this. Um, my name is Rhonda. I'm 66 years old. Um, uh, love my family, uh, kind of fun loving, you know, and, um, I'm just out here trying to enjoy life at this at this point now and trying to see the best in, in it enjoy God to the fullest extent so you know that's just a little bit about me I have two daughters and a couple of grandkids that I love immensely and um, so at this point you know I'm just living life and keeping my eye on God and just putting one foot in front of the other uh, you know as they say to run on and see what the end's going to be well amen well, you know, I kind of did my own little research. Um, I didn't go too deep into it, but I found some things that I read and I came across that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, when you're speaking about generational curses, I, I read something that said it comes through the bloodline and then it can only be canceled by the blood, meaning broken through faith, appropriate the blood of Jesus for your deliverance. Now, what is your take on that? How do you, how, what do you think about that? So, you know, what's interesting, Robin, is that I am the only one in my family who had breast cancer. All the rest of them had different types of cancers and so on and so forth. And, you know, so because we saw, you know, the moms and the grandmas and the different ones and the fathers and uncles all uh, have cancer and pass away from it, you know, the one thing, the difference in them and me was that they learned to just accept it as it was. Myself, mm -hmm. I, I, I knew faith. I had been taught about faith. And as a result of that, I just decided going out like that. Mm. Mm. You know, that's interesting because... Um, and not to get ahead of myself, but that was actually like one of my questions for later on. And we'll go back to that. But I thought that I think that that's very interesting how, you know, we get reports. You know, the doctors are human just like we are, um, but they're not God. They didn't make our bodies. They didn't they don't know. You know, they studied and specialize in different things, but they still don't get to determine which way this goes they can only give us information and it's up to us how we process that information so it's 
awesome that you used faith over just receiving their report and then standing on their report. You stood on your faith. And so, um, which leads me to my first question for you. What is your favorite scripture and why is it your favorite scripture? Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord God of all mankind. Is there anything too hard for me? And just the idea that God will stand before us. I mean, you know, we don't really understand the bigness of God. Um, we have the t- we have the tendency to to kind of make him, you know. We just can't. We can't. My bottom line is we just can't understand the bigness of it. And in that statement, he's letting us know that there's nothing. There's no limits. There's no end to or no, you know, nothing to stop him or contain him when he wants to do whatever it is he needs to do in our lives. So whatever need we have, no matter how it comes about, no matter how big, bad, strong, or whatever it is, it's never greater than him because he is the Lord God of all mankind. And and he asked you the question, you figure it out. What is it too hard for me? Nothing. Mm. Mm. That's good right there, auntie. That's real good because you're right. I think sometimes um, we were, I've said this several times more so than not. Um, I've always just said that the way we see God is the way we receive from God. So if you have them in a box, then you probably only going to get a box blessing, (laughs) you know, but we know that he's bigger than the box and he does, he does things the way that he wants to do it. Um, and so that was good right there. So now my next question for you is, is what happened in your um, life or your health that led you to going first of all to the doctor and then afterwards receiving the results that you had breast cancer? So what happened in, in your life? What was going on in that moment that sent a trigger for you to go to the doctor and you know and then after the test you got the results back what was it that sent you in that direction in the first place well it, and that, that would be a little part of my testimony so um you know i've never been uh, one to you know really uh illness or whatever i mean you know if you have it you have it but you know I mean, you get it taken care of but I was, I had just gotten married, had only been married a year, married at 49, had only been married a year, and you know, so you know, I have a husband, and uh, so um, on one particular evening, I just was going to chill out and just, you know, watch TV or whatever, and um, as I was just laying, you know, there on the couch watching TV, my hand was on my chest. And it, in the process, it's just like I felt something, you know, not meaning to, but I did. When I, and, and, you know, it was 10 o'clock at night. So in, in my mind, all I could think about, I said, well, okay, well, I said, this, this, this seems strange. But, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm not going to call anybody. I'm not going to wake anybody up, you know. And so the next morning, I just, you know, politely stepped into my daughter's room. I said, hey and make me an appointment with my gynecologist. I said, I think I found a lump in my breast. I went on to work. And, you know, didn't think any more about it. I mean, honestly, I really did, didn't think any more about it. So, you know, we get an appointment, but I got something else to do. And I 
did not make that appointment. So, you know, um, about three days later, you know, I said, well, let me go to my primary care, you know, because not thinking that it was going to be anything like that, you know, and I went to the primary care doctor and, and, um, you know, so he decided to do an exam and you know how doctors are. They're so matter of fact about things. Well, this is what I'm coming to understand. You know, he's very matter of fact. He said, listen, I want you to go get a mammogram and which I hadn't had one in eight years. He said, I want to go get a mammogram and, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, when I went to get it, you know, the, the doctor, he says that they tell you they, that you're going to need an ultrasound, then just let them do that as well while you're there. Well, you know, me not knowing, I just went on down, did what he asked me to do. They did it. The doctor came back in. He said, by law, I have to tell you this, this, and this. And he said, now, I don't know if it's cancer. And immediately at that point, in my mind, I said, no. But, you know, he proceeded with, you know, what he had to tell me by law. And so a few days later, as matter of factly as the doctor was, I called and, you know, and, the, the, you know, they were, you don't have your, your, you don't have your results yet. And I was like, no, so I'm just calling to check and see. And as, you know, so I wound up going to the doctor, to my primary care who had my results. And when I went and I just looked at him and I said, okay, so what, what, what are my results? And he said, oh yeah, you know, Ms. Roach, you have a interductal carcinoma, blah, blah, blah. And then when he said interductal carcinoma, I mean, I went into just everything else past that was want, 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 you know, and I said, wait. Having been in the medical field, there were some things I understood. I said, you said carcinoma. I said, that's cancer. I said, are you telling me I have breast cancer? And he looked at me and he said, well, yeah. I mean, just like that. And so then, he, you know, he proceeded to talk and say, well, you know, I mean, but I, I didn't hear anything else past that. I didn't hear, you know, I didn't care to hear what he had to say past that. And I basically left, got in my car. And I, the first thing I did you know, I, I called my best friend and then I called my brother and he said, Rhonda, I don't receive that. And, but, but even when I called my brother, I didn't, I didn't even receive it then. I, he says, I have, I never said I have such and such. I said, he says I have. And so, you know, from day one, I, having been been taught about faith I, and just instinctively I just did not receive that I understood that, that there were facts that I means it was a fact we had proof but you know when you when you taught about faith and and when it's drilled into you you get to the place where you understand it faith kicks in to just really keep fear out because cancer is an unknown. Cancer is dark. Cancer is scary. Cancer is that monster that has always been up under the beds of people. You know, if you ask anybody, what is their biggest fear? Their biggest fear is of cancer because all mm -hmm. they've ever seen are the effects of it, just how devastating it is. Mm -hmm. For myself, no matter, I mean, I, I just, my, my faith kicked in and my faith stayed in and for about the first week, you know, every time somebody would call, you know, I would say they said, blah, blah, blah. And and I remember one night that 
it was at, this was in the middle of this was in the first week and I think it was like maybe like that Friday night and my husband had gone to work and I stood up out of my bed I stood up as if I was getting ready to fight and I said cancer I do not fear you and when I said that I got back in bed and went to sleep and from that point on God just walked me through every part of it and every time I got to a place that was fearful for me because the more I got into it the darker it, it, it was you know just oh my God you're going to do this and then you know you have to face your own mortality as, as well you know and you have to look at I got children had a grandchild on the way I had a new husband and everything and it was just like you know you could think of all the different things how, how unfair or how wrong could this be you know and at no time did I ever put that on God either. You know, God, how you let this mm-hmm. happen? You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't go there. I just, it was a situation. I was in it. But he he was going to have to bring me out of it. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. So I just put one foot in front of the other. I took my daughter to my appointments. I took my husband so that he would understand. Because, you know, I mean, after all, this is his playground and you know, they're getting ready to tear it up. So, uh, right, you, right, you right. understand what's happening in your playground here, you know. And um, so, and I'm just being, keeping it 100. And so, you know, but uh, it, it was difficult for him. Uh, he, he worked through his mind. I just kind of analyzed it, gave it over to God, and then just kept walking. Hmm. So now, you kind of touched on your feelings and your emotions um, but really and truly what was your thoughts like well I realized you know I thought about the uncles and the, and the different ones who had passed with cancer and just the idea you know the thought of oh my god I don't want to leave my kids. Lord, I'm not ready. I'm, you know, I mean, God, wait a minute. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'll just be, I'm just turning, I ain't even 50 yet. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, and, and just all of the things, you know, I mean, it's just your life flashes before you. You know, there's things you think of. You got sisters and brothers that you love and it's just the idea that you won't be there to, to be a part of their lives. And, and, you know, I mean, just everything. I mean, and then my mom, you know, I was, I, it was just so much. I didn't want her to know, so I swore those who knew, I swore them the secrecy because I just didn't want her to know about it because my mom was from the other generation who believed you just accept it, you let it happen, and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, some slow walking and some loud crying. No. No, 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 mm. no. I, I didn't, I needed, no, I didn't want anything negative over me. So it was, it, it was, it, the, that was a fearful part, but I will say again, and I have to keep going back to this. If my faith hadn't have been in the Lord, I would have accepted that. But God helped me not to let my thoughts, you know, crowd my, you know, crowd everything else out. Because there's a, a saying that, that when you, the battle is won and lost in the mind. But what comes out mm-hmm. of your life, what comes out of your mouth determines how well you fought. And so see what what I fought, I fought with what I said. I mean, I had a lot Mm. of thoughts in my head, you know, was it fearful? Sure. But I fought with my mouth. I didn't go along with what was in my head. 
I didn't go along with the images that I saw. I didn't go along with, you know, I was going to be, you know, this person that you weren't going to recognize and then all of a sudden I was going to be sick and then I was going to die. No, 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 no. Mm. Can you repeat that again? Because that was very profound um, about your thoughts and fighting with your mouth. Repeat that again, because that was really profound. Well, what I was saying basically is the battle. The battle is, you know, we know that the battle is in the mind. Right. How you win or lose is in what you say. How well you fight mm. is in what you say. So if you, wow. so if you, you know what I mean? If your mind is telling you, oh, you're going to die from this, or you're going to get down to, you know, 75 pounds soaking wet, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and and you're going to be, you know, they're not even going to recognize. Mm-mm. No. I had to fight those thoughts with what I said. So when I opened up my mouth, the first thing I did was told cancer I did not. I do not fear you. And I've meant that. And I said that from a, from I said that in a physical sense. But I also, with deep on, deep on the inside within me, I believed that. So not only did I say it, I had to say what I was believing, not what was coming about. The doctors were saying, oh, we're going to cut this off. We're going to take that out. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other. And it was so scary. And it was and you know, it was just so invasive. But I was mm-hmm. like, okay. I mean, when I would leave the doctor's office, if I couldn't say anything positive, the ride was quiet all the way home. Mm. Because I was not going to say I, I was fighting. Remember, I was fighting. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to be like those that accepted it. I was not. I, 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 and even to this day, I had a recent cancer scare. And I said then, I am not afraid. Mm. And I mean that. So you I think that that mouth. in itself, I think that in, that, in, in itself speaks volumes that um no matter what you are facing and you had probably the worst news ever that anyone could receive staring you right in your face you and thankful thankfully that you were taught about faith because what we know what faith is you know and so I think that that is phenomenal. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that you didn't just accept it and sit on it like everybody else did. Um, And I'm glad that, you know, we are in a place in our lives, in our relationships with the Lord that, you know, we learn more and more about that because we know that, you know, without faith it's impossible to please God but he that comes to him must know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and so that takes me right on in to my next question for you so at this point you haven't accepted it you looked it in his face and you told it "Mm -mm, this is not happening I, I don't I'm not afraid of you this is not happening so what was your plan of action at that point? Well, I mean, so you know what I started thinking? I started seeing cancer as an alien that had invaded my body without my permission. So mm. the, the procedure to get rid of it 
we at the physical and this you know was to go ahead on and let them do whatever they had to do because see the thing i understood was god i could i could have stood and said well you know what god i believe you i believe you to the hill i'm not going to do anything here i'm just going to let you heal me but that's me assuming I, was, I had a responsibility to do what made sense and give God something to work with. So believing that he would take me through the process, I went ahead on. The, you know, the day I had the mastectomy was my mom's birthday. And instead of being down and out and all of that, you know, I called my mom at six o'clock that morning because I didn't want her. I didn't want her to hear all the little will bell, bells and all the stuff going on in the hospital. I wished her a happy birthday. I was light and upbeat and everything. I got that over with, you know, and then I went under, let them do what they had to do. And I didn't question the process. Didn't like it, but I didn't question the process because, again, I'm, I'm looking past what you're doing. I'm looking past, you know, it was just, you know, you have to get to a place where you say, okay, so... It, it, was, it was just the breast. It, you know, it wasn't my life. It was, it was just the breast. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was flesh. You know, what everything. Mm-hmm. But, but the goodness of God is, how about, you know, he's taught these doctors how to take other parts of your body and use them to compensate for what was taken. Mm. So, when in it with a breast full of cancer, I came out of it with the, another breast, but no cancer. And, be, and it's only mm. because I had to trust in the process. So my plan of action was to go through that. Now once, because that was like super horrendous, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have times where you know, I mean, I kind of got a little stuck. You know, like I, I was just, I kept telling this doctor, I kept saying, I said, I want my life back, I want my life back. And he said, Mr. Rhodes, you don't want that life back. He said, because that life had cancer. He said, you want your new life. He said, I, "He said, now is your time to fight. But he knew what I was getting ready to go into. I didn't, again, because of the unknown. And, which was mm. this whole chemotherapy thing and all of that, which I was totally against because I had an image of my one, my mom's brother. And I was like, oh my God. I, you know, he was sick and just, oh my God. I was like, oh, I cannot do that. And I had an image of my father and just the sadness in his face when he was going through that radiation and all of that. And I was like, oh my God, no, I I, mm-mm, I, I can't do that. But, but you know, so I, I kind of got stuck there and I was really, really, really struggling with the whole fact that um, of the chemotherapy and what it was going to do to me. And, and my hair was long and, you know, little vanity. You know, I was like, I was going to lose my hair too? What? You know, and so at any rate, I just, just you know, I prayed. I, I kept praying. And one day I remember I was going down the street, going to the grocery store. And I said, God, I said, you're not going to let me out of this, are you? And he said, no, but I'll protect you while you're in it. I heard him mm. say that. He said, I'll protect you while you're in it. When he said that, I was done. I went ahead on, had the port put in. Um, I started the chemotherapy. We just still didn't want to do it, but God told me he was going to protect me in it. So that was it. That was my word. And so I went through the chemotherapy, and every time I would have a treatment, I was down 
like nine days, 10 days, 11 days. And God just kept helping me through, you know, and even the, the oncologist was like, Mr. Grove, I thought you were going to quit. And I was like, in my mind, like, I'm, I'm no quitter. And that was the one thing too, mm-hmm. on, on top of the faith, I just was not a quitter. And um, so I followed through that. And, and then I looked around one day in September 15th, I took my last chemotherapy treatment. And when I did, I came in and I sat up for about two hours. And then, well, you know, of course, the, you know, it, the, the, it, you know, it was going to start to kick in and, and all the other kind of stuff. But this is what I said to God. I, I, I was writing because I actually wrote a book. And I was writing the, the you know, the, my, my, my feelings because I knew it was my last treatment. That was it. And of course, you know, my question, did it get everything? Am I done? Will it resurface? Mm-hmm. Will it come back like the doctors say? You know, it has a probability. You know, you go through all of that and everything. But I, I was able to look at God and say, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. And the reason why I thanked him mm. from it for it was because I, he showed me himself in the whole process. Every time I got stuck, he showed me how to, how to digest everything they were telling me. He showed me how to just believe and just keep walking, you know, and, you know, I mean, if I had a, I was, I was like, Robin, I was childlike. I was, in a sense, I wanted somebody to take my hand and come go with me but unfortunately nobody was able to do that this was something I had to go through by myself mm. but I wasn't by myself because God was there. I was just about to say that you took the words right out of my mouth and you know I think that that in itself you know is so profound it speaks to how that could help somebody else to hear that and you know and I I guess in some selfish kind of way um you know because granddad was the one that you know I saw up close um go through it and it was very difficult for me because you know he was the only man in my life that really just took care of me you know, and was really there for me. And, and so I was angry with God for taking him for a long time. Um, even though I didn't really, I mean, I had a relationship with the Lord, but I didn't have, I didn't know him like I know him today. And it was just in its earlier stages of me walking that out, um, with him. Um, but I was upset with him for taking him because I didn't understand you know I struggled with death um, as well and so just to hear the fact that you kept getting up regardless to what it was trying to throw at you or come against your thoughts you still just kept getting up and for that I'm grateful and thankful because what it says to me is is that you know, we are truly to walk by faith and not by sight. And you are the determining factor of what happens with your life. And so you you relied more on the Lord. 
You didn't, you relied less on what the doctors were saying and what others. And I love the fact that you kept your support system to a minimum in that because nobody wants to be going through something as devastating as that and then have somebody around them that don't really have nothing good to say. They're looking at you like you already did. You know, like you already gone. And you trying to, sometimes you processing it moment by moment, day by day. So I think that that in itself speaks volumes as well. So it's very key, you know, because God made us for each other. And it's key as to what your community looks like, especially when you're faced with something like that. Um, And so, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit initially in the beginning of the call where I spoke about how you were the first one in our bloodline to survive this illness that took everyone else out in our family that had it. And so, you know, and you touched on this a little bit as well, um, which leads me to, you know, why do you think it was different for them and then different for you? And so do you think that they would have been around a little bit longer had they had a level of faith in the Lord and not just really accepted the report of the doctor? Um, Robin, and this is just me, I do believe. Mm -hmm. You know, David said, I say it and then I see it. And then I, I, therefore I have Mm. it. That's not it verbatim, but that's what he said. And so, right. what did they say? With each one of them, they belabored it. Oh, I got this. Oh, I got that. And you know, it's going mm-hmm. to do this to me. And mm-hmm. it's going to do that to me. And oh, you know, and they just they just wallowed in it and wallowed in it and wallowed in it. And, and you know, the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so when you believe mm-hmm. that it's going to take you out, when you, when you, when you believe that it's going to do whatever, you know, then you gonna have what you say. And for me, I could have easily believed based on those who passed before me. But Robin, I just, mm-hmm. having been taught again about faith, you know, when you, when you know what you know and you know it in your knower, I knew nothing about cancer except for when I heard my mom and them talk about it years ago, they would whisper about it. They would whisper and they would make it this big mm. old thing. And so consequently, as a kid growing up, growing up, I grew up afraid of cancer. And so the, when, when that doctor said it to me that day, I fought with my mouth. There was a part of me that said, oh my God, this monster. You know, even though I said what I said to my brother, oh my God, this monster. This cancer, the big C, you know, everybody gave us, you know, they just capitalized it, gave it all of its props and everything. And just the thought, I mean, and it had to be God. That's why I give him all the, all the props for this year. It had to be God to, to help me to rearrange my thoughts and my mind to not let this be the topic of my conversation. So like I said, after that Friday night, when I stood up, when people would call me, you know, the ones who didn't know about it because God did not let me. You you said something about me keeping it to a minimum. I didn't keep it to a minimum. 
every time I thought about, well, I should call so-and-so. No. It was just different ones that he put in my path. Mm. My best my best friend mm. who I thought would be there for me was supposed to be there for every life event. She was not there. And I was so there. mad with her. Mm. And my sister, she was not there. I was so mad with her. You know, and why? Because he's just like, doggone it, I'm going through the situation and you guys should just be here. But Robin, I mm-hmm. chose to fight and God had given me the people who were gonna be there for me. So so I did not I did not frustrate the grace that he had given me with these people by having a problem, mm-hmm. you know, having a problem with other folks not being there. I kind of put the ones on the back burner that I was upset with and I readily accepted the help of those who were there. And so back to what you said about, you know, the others, I believe it is if they would have been able to believe. My father, my father lasted as long as he did. I, I want to straighten that out. Daddy lasted as long as he did because he believed, because the doctor said that he was within six months of dying when she, when she get, first got to him. He was already well gone into the process. But it was his faith that kept him that mm. year and a half. And she said that. Mm. She said it's Mr. Griggs' faith. And so, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like him in the sense that I'm, I, I, I'm a fighter. You know, and so, mm. not a physical fighter, but I'm a fighter. You know, and so that was that. And so mm-hmm. I just feel like if, if if, you know, those that had it, if they had not just, you know, just enveloped themselves in the worry of it and then just, you know, and accepting it day by day, just eating mouthfuls of it by, you know, just taking it in and continuing to talk about it and continuing to just ingest that inside, 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 inside. And eventually they had what they said. Now, that, that we don't have anything to prove mm. that. But I believe that they had spoken mm-hmm. something different. But they were of the primitive Baptist faith, which I'm not kicking it or whatever, but primitive in itself says, I don't understand everything. This is new. So they didn't, they hadn't learned about faith. Mm-hmm. You know, they had learned as best as their pastors and their leaders were able to teach them. But we're coming up in a time mm-hmm. now where we're actually learning what true faith is and what true grace is. And we're seeing the effects of it. And all we got to do is just continue to walk in it, continue to fight with it, and we can see the results of it. Yes, I mean, that is like, again, I'm grateful that you did not let it win, that you overcame that. And um, and it is truly a testimony and it's a awesome thing to be able to be a witness to the fact that it didn't take you it could have but your mindset about it was different and so which leads me here um, is there anything else that you would like to leave them with um, before I actually close out I would just like to say you know with all things God's hands are very capable to hold everything that we have no matter what it is, there's nothing we can't get through. 
But, you know, we can give lip service and say, oh, yeah, my trust and my faith is in God. My hope is in God. But you have to really and truly, you have to almost see yourself physically putting, taking your hopes and your dreams and your desires and setting them down inside the hands of God and believing that that's where they are and knowing that he's able to manage and maintain and fix and correct and grant and take away and do whatever it is he needs to do that you can walk in the wholeness in your life. You have to believe that it starts with you. You got to let God shape and form the wisdom and the faith and everything that you need on the inside of you so that when you come into these times, you know, where, where you're, you're, you're tested, you come into these times, you can draw from that wellspring of life that he put, he's put on the inside of you called mm. wisdom, called faith, called belief, called hope. And when you can't, even when you're struggling with it, still go to God. Because he said, bring everything to me. Still go to God and say, Lord, you know what? I want to believe you for such and such. You got to help me in my unbelief of this. I'm still struggling with it. He already knows. All you got to do is just right. go ahead on it and, and keep it 100 with him so that he can fix it. Well, amen. Again, thank you for, you know, coming on and sharing your story. Um, it was awesome. And now as I get ready to close out, but before I do, I want to leave this with everyone. Um, I read somewhere in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, I think it's around the 15th verse, basically. And I'm just going to sum it up with just a few little words and the few little words that I'm going to sum it up with is the blessing is greater than the curse choose life over death um and so let me just let everybody know that the podcast is available on these platforms anchor of course apple google spotify breaker pocket cast Overcast and Radio Public. And of course, you know, I have to give a shameless plug real quick before I close out. Um, save the date, January the 11th, 2021. The rebirth, the relaunch, the second edition of my book, Broken, To Be or Not To Be, that is the question, will be released on that day. Um, and in upcoming weeks, I will share via my social media pages. So prayerfully, you follow me on Facebook, you follow me on Instagram, where I will be sharing um, why I chose that date. Um, and just, this is my baby. This is, It took 12 years to birth it. Um, there was a setback, but how many of you know, a setback is a setup for elevation and promotion. And this is a timely word. So save that date. I am actually going to be doing a live um, here pretty soon where you can ask me questions. Um, I might even do a virtual sip and chat where we can talk about not just the book, but we can talk about this podcast. Um, I'm just so grateful and so thankful for the love and the support that I have received um, and so before I close out again, I'm your host, Robin, and I want to say thank you for tuning in. Be encouraged and know that I'm praying for you. Peace. Peace.